0: I've got a pretty deep subject I want to talk to us about today. I really feel like the Lord wants to talk about it. And while it might be deep and might feel like meat rather than pancakes, it's actually there so that you can grow and that you can go deeper and further and see more success in your walk with God. So you ready? Let's go. Jesus, help me. This, this, if you're writing notes, you can get your notebook out or your iPhones out. You can open up your notes. Um, I'm going to be talking on why honor matters. Why honor matters. Um, I have a ton of notes here that I've put together. Um, Society has never been more dishonoring than it is right now. Uh, You know, I grew up in a time where there was actually respect even for people you didn't like. Now we live in a society where the Bible talks about that men would even, in the book of James and several other places in Jude, um, that men would speak evil of dignitaries. You know, that's become normal, but that doesn't mean it's normal kingdom. And one of the problems that we have in the kingdom is that you get so conditioned to the news that you see, the way people treat each other in the streets, the way uh, people treat each other at work, the way people's opinions in the lunchroom of politics. You know, that has really been degrading, not just this nation, but the church globally on how we see leadership. Because the Bible doesn't say, if, if you agree with someone, then respect them. It says that you should honor them because somehow God put them there. Jesus even showed that same respect to Pilate when he stood before him, when he could have actually said some amazing wordsmith wizardry that Jesus was amazing at. And Pilate would have been like, you are the son of God. And he's like, yeah, that's right, Respect. But he didn't. He said, you don't have any power or authority except which has been given to you from above. And ultimately, above comes from God. So, But the problem is, in our society, uh, we've been taught that your opinion matters. And it does matter as long as you're not speaking evil against people in authority. I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. If you're like, oh, that's me, say there's good news coming i just got to build my case so we see the need to connect, okay? Because here's the thing. God would never ask you to do something that didn't have personal benefits. God is not a narcissistic God that would just want to tell you to do things because he wants to feel good about it. That's how the devil has portrayed God. The devil has portrayed God that He's an angry God that has a hammer in His hand that's figuring out a way to kick you out of out of heaven and on and, and earth and put you in hell, right? That's that's the that's the picture that the devil has portrayed, but that's, that's not true. God actually wants to connect us with His family, not His judgment. Yeah. Amen. So God wants to relate with us on a family level. So you have to understand, I would never tell my son to do anything so that I feel gratified. I would tell him to do things that would be beneficial for him. Does that make sense? So when God God gives us commandments, he's actually not giving us burdensome requests for his gratification. He's giving us instructions for our success, for our happiness, for our freedom, for our breakthrough. And so this word honor is integral to kingdom. But the problem is, is our understanding of honor has become so blurred because the society we live in is a society of dishonor. We're to the point where, uh, and I'm not taking any political sides here, but please hear me, where media and news has the freedom to berate anyone they want To create any lie about anyone they want, whether that be Hollywood. I mean, most of the marriages in Hollywood get destroyed because of the media. Can we agree on that? Because they make up stories and they're constantly looking to fabricate, to sell a piece of information that would feed someone's gossip appetite, whether it be true or not. They don't care who they destroy. And the same is in the political world. I watched one of the major roles, uh, leadership roles in one of the major political parties in America just recently, got up and said, this is our strategy. What we do is we actually create a lie, and then we sell it as a fact, and then we actually get the media to spin that fact so everyone else believes it because it's repeated enough until people say, this is a fact because the media told me. And what happens is, it's completely okay because it creates a piranha feeding friend. Has anyone ever seen piranhas? I've been in the Amazon, up the Amazon River personally, and when you put meat in the water, that's a terrifying thing. <laughs> then those dudes started, I was on a riverboat, and they're like, let's go swimming. I said, no. <laughs> I just caught fish on steel wire because their fish, their, those teeth are so sharp, they'll cut my fingers off. Now you want me to come swimming? No. <laughs> I've been diving with sharks. I ain't jumping with piranhas. Okay. But the thing is, is that there's things called feeding frenzies with gossip where people feel so empowered and enabled to express their broken feelings that we'll say anything about anyone in any position and we call that freedom. But actually that is completely opposite to the kingdom of heaven. See, if you took that same belief system and you started speaking evil against God who hadn't done anything for you yet because he's your waiter, right? Oh, and you start expressing that level. You're going to look like the children of Israel who have just been set free from Egypt and slavery and bondage and all kinds of oppression. And now you're murmuring and complaining, displeasing God. Hello? See, we think that we can do whatever we want. And the fact actually, the scary fact is, is that you can do whatever you want. But once you've done it, you can never control the outcome. So honor matters in the kingdom far more than we pay credence to because we're getting brainwashed by the world instead of emulating our father. That's why Jesus said to people, you are looking more like, you don't even know what spirit you're of, you're more like your father the devil. I mean, that's bombs getting dropped by Jesus. That was Jesus, the precious lamb of God that came meek and mild to just love on everyone and represent the father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Bombs drop, but they, do, they did not put Jesus on the cross because he was sweet. Yeah. They put Jesus on the cross because he told the truth. Yeah. Hello. We're going to have some fun today. Is that all right? Just yeah. say, listen, flesh, you're getting ready to fry. Yeah. Okay, no, not really. I'm here to encourage you because unfortunately, many of us have grown up with more brokenness than we realize. And because of that, it causes us to not connect with God on the level that would cause the blessing to flow on a greater level. Now, I I don't even need you to raise hands. I know for a fact that every single person in this room wants the blessing of God to be present in their life. I know for a fact, without asking anyone to raise their hands, that every person in this room wants God to break through for them. I I know that people want to have a good, long, and happy life. Yes, So the thing is, is that we actually need to get on God's program, not somehow thinking that our complaining is going to get God into ours. Okay, so really it it looks more like us conforming to the way that God's laid things out rather than us trying to have some sort of protest with our little picket fences and, and trying to shake the heavens down to get God upset enough to come and say, are you okay, dear? What can I do? How can I coddle you? Okay. You guys know I'm in one of them moods. It's going to be awesome. So in, in Jude chapter 1 verse 8, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you some notes just so that you see that uh, uh, what I'm talking about. Jude chapter 1 verse 8, it says, Likewise also these dreamers defile the flesh, they reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. See, the reality is is that since the Garden of Eden, humanity has hated authority because authority demands submission. And so what we do is understanding how broken we are, we don't want to have the risk of someone telling us what to do because we've had sin awareness awoken. So what we do is we try and find problems with other people. Because a problem with someone else means a loophole for me. Hello? I don't need to follow because they did da 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 I don't need to respect because this is what they said. Not realizing that our humanity is equally broken and you'll never, ever find the perfect leader, politician, boss, government on this planet until Jesus comes back. One of the problems, and I'm just going to add this in. This has got nothing to do with my sermon, but it's kind of mildly... Connected. It's been going around in my head for the last little bit. And I'm like, man, I should, put, I should write that down. <laughs> the problem with the planet today is that people worship governments. Politics has become the religion of this generation. It has become the religion of this generation. But what this generation doesn't understand is that what you worship, you, you become slave to. You were designed, see, worship has an underhanded thing that what you worship, you serve. What you worship becomes your master. True? So, so, you know, that's why Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon, which means money, which represents the kingdom of the world. Okay? What happens is, is people worship governments because they forgot to worship God. People trust governments because they forgot to trust God. And when people put, and I, and I know there's a lot of Christians in this country that have more faith in the, in the White House than they do in God. That's a fact. And that's why they have so many rants about it. They, they can tell you everything that's politically happened in this country and they can't tell you the last time they shared Jesus with someone that needed him. Okay, that is hypocrisy that is brokenness the problem is the one that when the second that we become dependent on a government we become a slave to it and then what happens is is the brokenness of that government starts to afflict lives okay and then people start groaning and 50 years later they remember they have to turn to god so i would propose this let's actually turn to god now as a nation instead of worshipping a government that's going to be broken anyways. I don't care if you find the most righteous Christian in this nation and say, let's, let's make him our leader. The most perfect person that's got the best, the best points of both parties, and jam that together, and this is the best thing. The second you're putting your trust in him over God, everything's going to fail. So anyways, put all that aside. The reason that this nation is so, and really it's a global problem now, Because the Bible says in the last days there would be various winds of doctrines that would sweep over the earth and would deceive the world. Okay, and if you look, the world is accelerating into darkness. Yes, can we agree on that? And that's why people are getting louder and louder and louder in their expression against any kind of authority. Police, they hate police. Police are just human beings like you and me, representing a law that no one wants to obey, but it's the police officer's fault. Hello? Can I, can I be real in a very unreal part of this world? <laughs> in, a superficial, in a superficial town, can I just say a few things that are just pretty down to earth? Is that all right? Um, th- this, whole, this whole thing, when I talk about the word honor, the fact that it's a problem is, is proven that when I use the word honor, there's cringing happening in your heart. It's making you feel a mild level of threat when I start, oh, I'm an, oh he's going to talk about... Uh, He's gonna talk about honor? Okay, I'm gonna take a bathroom break about fifteen minutes in and then I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till he's facing the other way and I'll <laughs> little roadrunner out the side of the door. Now the fact is is that when we have that cringe that kicks in, that's a sure tell that we need to stop and pay attention to because we become masters of fighting anything that makes us feel hurt or wounded, not realizing that the wound was there before the word was said. The wound just rec- recognized and located the fact that there was a problem in us. It didn't create it. <laughs> we're going there today. But we're going there so that we get closer to the blessing of God. Not so that we get agitated that we've done something wrong, okay? Because there's not one righteous person in here, myself included, okay? We all need more of Jesus. Okay, so why honor matters? Let's, let's, let's go down this road. I've got quite a few scriptures, so let's get into this. Proverbs chapter 8. I'm going to start from verse 11. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all of the things that you may desire cannot be compared to her. Wisdom. I wisdom... This is wisdom speaking, okay? Wisdom is one of the seven spirits of God. I wisdom... Dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Dishonor has an evil mouth. Dishonor has pride. Because dishonor believes that I'm right, you're wrong. And dishonor doesn't value and recognize any level of authority or office on someone's life. Dishonor cuts someone down to my size so that I don't have to acknowledge who you really are. Dishonor finds your faults so that I can actually be set free from having to listen to or agree with or work with you in any way. Okay. Dishonor is really the voice of rebellion. Okay. Okay. Let me just keep moving here. Um, counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings' reign and rulers' decree justice. By me kings. Uh, sorry, buy me princes' uh, rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me. Wisdom is kind to those that respect it. Okay. And those who seek me diligently find me. Now watch this. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. Honor is one of the children of wisdom. If you really have wisdom, then it will be apparent by one of the fruits in your life being the way you honor people, the way you honor God, and the way you honor yourself. Okay. Let's... I have a few points here on what actually honor is. Because I think we've come so far as a society where people don't know what honor is anymore. There's probably 50 definitions of honor in this room. Okay. So honor is the high esteem of another. Honor is the high esteem of another. It is what we give the honorable and the noteworthy in our lives the honorable people, and the noteworthy people in our lives. Honor. Honor is worth, value, and respect we give ourselves and others to express gratitude and our reverence of God's hand on their life. Someone getting something today? I know you're quiet, but that's, that's good. Okay, just don't go to sleep. That'd be dishonorable. <laughs> Okay, okay. now come with me to the book of John, chapter 8. Book of John, chapter 8, verse 54. <laughs> Watch this. John, the gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 54. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. Now that's an interesting... This is Jesus speaking now. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me of whom you say that he is your God. He was speaking to the Pharisees because they were trying to catch him out. If I honor myself, it is worth nothing. Okay. Keep, stay with me here. So I'm going to read this to you. Honor is closely tied with excellence. And I wrote this. You will never find an honorable person that lacks excellence. You'll never find an honorable person that lacks excellence. What is what is excellence? Timeliness, integrity, honesty, faithfulness and loyalty. Excellence. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very honorable but I'm real sloppy. Okay. That's awesome. So you dishonored everyone in the room because you decided not to put deodorant on today. <laughs> That's not excellent. <laughs> That's very unexcellent. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So excellence is closely connected with honor. It is. It is a child of wisdom. Okay. Now. I'm 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 just moving towards some points here, so I'm I'm going to read. I've written a whole ton of notes down here, so I'm going to read them to you. You're welcome to write them down or watch the video later. Respect. Now, th- there's a difference between respect and honor. This is where most people actually don't understand the difference, because most people would say that respect and honor are the same thing. True? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> respect is what authority demands. Respect is what authority demands. You respect the police officer that pulled you over because he has a badge that represents the very highest office of this country. He doesn't carry a gun in vain. He has a baton. He has a police car or a motorbike or whatever it is. He's flying around in the police helicopter. Yay. Okay. And he represents a higher authority. You don't honor him. You respect him. True? Okay. Now watch this. But honor is what we give those that lead well. You can never honor someone you don't respect. But you can respect people that you don't honor. Here's my, here's my little example that I wrote down. Judas gave respect enough to be close to Jesus but not genuine honor enough to remain loyal. That's how most people can fake it. They give enough respect where they're allowed to have proximity but they don't have honor to remain loyal and there's a difference. Let this locate you. Don't don't freak out right now. Let this locate your heart. I know this is a heavy, I'm not Look, this is not French toast. This is filet mignon. 100%. It's got a little bit of truffle butter just melting on top right now. Okay? It's got a little asparagus on the side. There's some, there's some truffle mashed potatoes coming too, okay? Just hang on for a minute. It's going to help. I know, it's, I know it's chunky. Okay? I know it's not your average Sunday sermon, but it can help somebody. Okay? So I want you to get that. Judas gave respect enough to be allowed proximity. He had enough respect, cunning respect, to get in close, but not enough honor to stay there. Okay. This, this scripture, Malachi is usually the scripture that a lot of preachers will turn to when it's offering time. Right? But I want to show you another scripture that not a lot of people talk about. Malachi chapter one, verse six. Malachi chapter one, verse six. <clears throat> this is God speaking, by the way. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? Says the Lord of hosts to you, priests who despise my name. Yet you say, "In what have we despised your name? God says, you offer defiled food on my altar but saying, what have we defiled you? By saying the, the table of the Lord is contemptible. Now watch this. This is God speaking to priests. And I know I, I don't want to get too deep into this because I'm not here to segue. I just want to lightly touch this so you see, understand the point. This is God saying that it's easy for you to understand that a son should honor his father. And a servant should, should honor his master. But the Lord is saying, but I am without honor. But he's saying, you're actually giving me offerings. You're just giving me on offerings that your heart's not connected to. Right. Wow. Yeah. Not trying to take up an offering right now. We already had the offering. Get this. <laughs> you're giving an offering. There is something on the altar, but your heart's not connected to it. Your brain is. You're going through the motions, you're presenting an outward appearance, and yet it's not something intimate. And it's not something of true love. Do you understand? God's saying, you're respecting me, but you don't love me. That's what he's saying. Okay, you're with me. So now I'm going to talk real quick. I know I'm being very segmented. I I need to move because there's a lot of content I want to touch on. I want to talk about the three types of honor, and then we're going to really get into it. You were already into it. (laughs) I don't want to scare you too much. I'm just giving you the light version, (laughs) okay? We could really get into it. Okay, those of you that were at fivefold, you should grab this and go even deeper. Okay, the three types of on- the three facets of honor. The first facet of honor is the, the honor that you have for yourself. The honor that you have for yourself. Now, we live in a society where narcissism rules. Narcissism is not honor for yourself, narcissism is an over evaluated ego and value system that you have, and to do that, you've got to devalue everyone else. So that's actually dishonor. Okay, that's not honor. Honoring yourself is very important. Oh, that's really shocking. You just said that Jesus said that if he honored himself, that, didn't, that wasn't really good. That's not what I'm talking about. In that scripture, Jesus was saying that if I honor myself publicly and set myself up in front of you. Okay, the Bible says, let the words of another man praise you, not your own. That's the context that Jesus was talking in. Okay, But the thing is, is that people actually lack honor for themselves and they're walking around broken, looking for other people to value them. Yeah, right. But how can you understand what the value system or the measuring system of that should actually look like if you don't actually have a benchmark for yourself to be healthy? And you're trying to get it from, I mean, that's the classic, look, you go on Tinder or anything like that. I've never been on that, but I don't need to. Yes. I don't recommend that thing anyway. That's a flipping devil. That's a devil. Honestly, it is. No apology for that. That's exactly what it is. It's a hookup site. But if you go on that type of platform, you're just going to be looking for people that are looking to connect and hook up to show me value and gratify myself based on what I can get from you. That's, there's no honor in that. And the problem is, is it's a consuming uh, hunger that's looking to somehow get a faux honor for myself instead of already having a substantiated and established honor in myself. Therefore, I'm an actual person of value to society. Instead of of that, this type of person becomes parasitic looking what it can get from others. And then it gives attention to those that give it attention. Okay. Bombs are being dropped. Okay, so number one is honoring yourself. Number two is being honorable. There's different formats of honor, being honorable. You can't honor anyone if your life doesn't matter, if your life doesn't back it up with actual character and integrity. The excellent stuff that I just talked about before. So the way that you actually behave Quantifies how much honor that your honor really is worth. For instance, if you just get the person that the police have just picked up that have committed a triple homicide and he now wants to be really honoring of someone, that doesn't count for anything. True? Because he's not living in an honorable way where his honor or her honor has credit. So the way that I walk personally in honor, okay, for instance, uh, there was a time I went to a bank when I was younger. And I withdrew $1,200 to close the account. I was—I think I was in my late my late teens. I withdrew $1,200 to close the account, and the girl behind the checkout, uh, she gave me $12,000. She's one of those machines, but she was like she'd been playing like uh, Street Fighter all day, and she pressed an extra couple of zeros. And I and I and I was like, she put it in an envelope, and I walked back to the car. I was in New Zealand. I walked back to the car, and I'm like. You know, I was, I was young. I, you know, when you're that age, you don't really have a whole lot of spare money because you're buying stuff, you know. And so I was like, I've never heard $1,200 in my hand before. This is cool. You know, I had, but, you know, not in cash. You used cards back then for everything. We had ATM machines and boss cards and debit cards. But I, I get back to the car and I had this wad of cash. And I open it and I'm like, wait, there's like 12000 here. I was a good church boy. But I was having a moment. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was looking at this money, and I had that thought of like, I'm going to Canada. Because bud- the reason I was withdrawing the money was me and my buddies were going to go to Vancouver and do a, like a 12-mountain snowboarding tour, which was going to be epic. I was going to add on an extra six months, <laughs> right? And I just had this moment where I was sitting there, and I was like, dude, they paid me. I got out, we're good. It's the perfect bank heist. I didn't really see it as, because the problem is, is that rationalization kicks in in these moments and you don't see it as something that could be stealing. You see it as, oh, God bless me. Banks got insurance. You know what I'm saying? And so I had this moment where I sat there for 10 minutes just looking at this money, but I'd been raised to be honorable. And so I walked back in with all the money Didn't take a couple out for being honest. It's all $100 bills, y'all. And I walked back in and I called the girl to the counter and I I made sure that no one saw what I was about to tell her. Didn't make a scene because if I did that, that girl would have lost her job and probably been charged for that money. Okay. I called her real real quietly and I said, there's been a mistake. I think you put an extra zero in. She started crying. I handed the money back over. She gave me the $1,200. We were good. She kept her job. I kept my honor. Okay? I didn't need to be a hero. It was just a thing. Because it's not how publicly you're seen to be honorable. It's how God sees what you don't let anyone else see. Right. Honor is the way I conduct myself. Not for the applause and the approval and the Facebook posts. Not so I can get some kind of like merit from the town mayor but so that God sees that I'm a good steward of integrity. Right. Okay. Being honorable is being a good steward of integrity. Yeah. The way I dated this woman was that, was that I walked with honor. Okay? At 11 o'clock at night, we didn't have to, I wasn't being religious, but I just understand that when, I, when it gets late and you, you start to really get happy about the person you're with, it's easy to start pushing boundaries. But we had a rule. It was our rule. wasn't legalistic. 11 o'clock. I'm dropping you off, or you're driving home, whatever you got, okay, because I understand that me being honorable to protect her honor gets his blessing, that's the second form of of honor, is being honorable, okay, the third format of honor, is someone getting something today, the third format of honor is honoring authority God has placed in your life, This is the one where everyone doesn't want to say praise the Lord. Because our wounds are screaming and it hurts. Okay. Okay. I knew that one would drop like a bomb. So I have a little scripture for you. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Let's have a look. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, what does that mean, your parents in the Lord? Just mum and dad. No, read it again. Spiritual. Children obey your parents in the Lord, your spiritual leadership. But I would I would extend that to any form of leadership that's over my life, as long as they're in the parameters of being scripturally accurate and, and not causing me to have to break any um, of my conscience before God or any scriptures that I believe are commandments from God. Okay, so I just want to create some boundaries there. Because there are points where you actually have to say no to certain authority. As long as it's godly, then you need to go with it. Okay, so let's read this again. Children obey your parents and the Lord, that is, accept their guidance and discipline as representatives. Representatives of who? Of God. For it is right, for a, oh, by the way, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. For it is right... Um, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Now, then it goes to the next verse. Honor, open bracket, esteem, value is precious, close bracket, your father and mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and that you may have a long life. Now, why are you talking about honor? Because I want you to get what it's promising here. That it may be well with you and that you may have a long life. Honor is directly connected with the blessing of God causing your life to go well and, and to, be, to be going long, to having longevity. Okay? I know everyone wants that in this room. See, some of us are busy fighting godly authority and we're coming up against all kinds of stuff and people say stuff like this, oh, the devil's just really attacking me right now. Right? Maybe it's not the devil, Maybe it's you being dishonorable because this is, the way that, this is the way I like to read the Bible. I like to read it in reverse to find out what the opposite is if I don't do it. Okay, Do not honor your parents. Do not honor your father and mother or be respectful to them. This is the first commandment without a promise <laughs> so that it won't go well with you and that you won't have a long life on the earth. Multi-choice. Do I call the crowd? Do I call mom and dad? Or do I do a 50-50 guess? This one isn't hard. This one's easy. I think I should honor mom and dad. I should honor my spiritual leaders. Now, I'm not doing this for self-serving purposes. I'm doing this so you connect with the blessing of God on a greater level. That it may go well with you. What does well with you mean? That means the unhinged, unquantified blessing of God chasing you down breakthrough where the enemy's tried to bind you up, God's coming to smash open his chains. Come on. This is good stuff right here. I don't know why it is, but I've just got a problem with authority. Dude, let's deal with it because it's holding you back from the very best of God in your life. Okay. I really felt like God told me to speak on this. Don't hate on me. God's trying to help you. Okay. Actually, definitely don't hate on me because that's not good for you. (laughs) Now, I'm going to put this in balance because part of the reason that we struggle with this area of our lives is because we actually have been wounded. So I'm going to talk about it because a lot of preachers will talk about just you need to honor, you need to honor, you need to do this, you need to do that. But they don't bring the balance of actually, I'm sorry for what's happened in your past. Now, let's walk through the pain and get it out. Because if you don't deal with the pain in your past, you're just going to keep repeating the cycle and you're going to die angry and old or maybe young because it says it won't go well with you. Okay, now watch this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. I'm still reading out of the Amplified. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up, open bracket, tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So the problem is, is that the reason that people actually... uh, I would say in the history of this nation, and I wasn't born here, but I've got a pretty good understanding of history. In the history of this nation, there has never been a time on the planet where the family unit has been so dismantled. And when a child is raised, when either dad is unfaithful, absent, uh, was never there or is there but's not there, it creates a disrespect for leadership. It creates an instability, it creates deep pain whether it's daddy wounds or mummy wounds or complete, I never had parents around, my parents didn't love me. And what that does is it creates a resentment towards any authority because what happens is in those scenarios, people say to themselves, I'm never going to let anyone hurt me again. I am going to protect myself for the rest of my life and I will never let anyone's leadership ever control the outcome of my life again. And people make inner vows. And those inner vows are so powerful that they actually need to be addressed spiritually. But the problem with that is that anyone that, that's why people that have had these issues, this nation has a problem with law enforcement. Hello? Law enforcement is actually something for the most part, not all, for the most part, is really good. Now, that doesn't mean that all law enforcement officers are good people. Okay, because some of them have grown up, they were picked on at school or their dad was never around, and they've now got a power trip, and they're trying to actually be the pain that hurt them. Okay, so we need more than just some law changes to heal this country. We need Jesus. But for us to get there, we need to get healed first. Hello? Hello? That's why whenever whenever you've like been driving down the street and a a police car just pulls in behind you, their lights aren't even on, but you just like tense everything in you like clenches. (laughs) True? It's your fear of authority. Because authority hurt you, and now you don't trust any authority. And because of that, you can show enough respect, but you'll never give honor. You get what I'm saying? And then we bring that into church. We bring that into the workplace. We bring that into relationships. Okay. Yeah. Let's just keep moving here. Okay. So, so unfortunately, people have been exasperated and hurt by parents. So then we come to church and we don't know how to behave. And so we start to talk critically behind the scenes because we're actually establishing a case that if we need to get out, we've already figured it out. And I need to figure out how I can dishonor just enough where I've still got a hall pass because I'm still being respectful with my mouth in public, but behind the scenes, I'm actually being dishonorable. I'm just finding all these faults with a person that's a human just like me. Hello. And and with that, I'm just bleeding instead of getting healed. And somehow we get a level of Adrenaline satisfaction, venting, we call it venting or processing. That's the modern word that we use for just hate. (laughs) It's honestly true. Okay, so that that leads me to my next point. What is authentic honor? What is authentic honor? Authentic honor is, by the way, guys, this is not something that you can just hear once like this and like, oh, cool, I just got this massive download. Everything's changed. This is something that is more of an awakening message where we can move into a process of being healed and equipped. Okay? So I'm not putting nothing on you to have to be something. I just want you to get awoken to the way that God has it because the way that God has it, God's not going to change for you. You need to get that through your head. God is the God that never changes. He's set up his system. It works. He's not going to come and work with our brokenness. He's going to heal our brokenness in his system. Okay. My, my little boys sometimes just have tantrums and cry and throw stuff around. You know what I do? I don't cry and get down there with them. I stand there and look at them and I wait for them to be finished because I can't help them in a the tantrum. I can't help them. I have to wait to bring them out and bring some reason to them, bring a lot of love and care, but at the same time, I'm not going to let the tantrum manipulate me to lower my standards. Because that's what that tantrum is actually designed to do. And it's the same with adults. Authentic honour is not lip service or obligatory public respect. Well, I need to say this because that's the right thing to do. I need to do that. I need to look this person in the eye and shake their hand because that's the right thing to do. That's not authentic honour. That's begrudging respect. It is the way we treat those leading us in private or even the way we think of them in our hearts. Now, I had some daddy wounds growing up. I had some pain, deep stuff. Those of you that are close to me will know I don't have time to get into it right now, but deep, deep pain on multiple facets. And so the problem is, is that when God brought me around people that would like lead and mentor me, I had to deal with a constant radio channel in the background with all kinds of suspicion and all kinds of uh, challenges and accusations that was constantly playing. And one day God spoke to me. You know what he said? He said, Andrew, you're going to have to learn to defend your generational relationships. Those that are further along that can bring you higher, you're going to have to learn to defend that in your head. Because just getting close to someone proximity-wise is not enough to actually make it. The reason I'm talking about honor is because the benefit of actually having a relationship with those that are further along than you will bring acceleration. It will cause you to have wisdom access to your life. That will cause you to not have to make the same train wrecks and mistakes and accidents that they did that held them back for five, ten years at a time. It can bypass where you are actually able to go further along. Does this make sense? So this stuff's important. We need voices in our life that can actually help us. Mature, grow, and deal, and walk through the pain that we're dealing with, okay I, I said at um, fivefold one of the statements that I made is never never praise someone publicly that you accuse privately never never reap the benefits of verbal respect that's pretending to be honor that you will refuse to defend in, in private. Okay, Okay, let's keep moving here. If you truly understand what honor is, you'll do it for your own good. If you truly understand what honor is, you'll do it not because it's the right thing to do. This is not girl guides or or Boy Scouts goody two-shoes. This is actually, I'm doing this for my own benefit. Let's look at this real quick. Proverbs chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 7. I'm going to go down to 12. He who corrects and instructs a scoffer, a scoffer is like a mocker or a a fool, okay? Gets dishonor for himself. You know why? Because a person that is established is trying to give wisdom to someone that doesn't know what wisdom is. Trying to give honor, just the fact that he's trying to help that person or she's trying to help that person is actually bringing honor. And when that person doesn't have that or doesn't have a grid for that, they're, gonna, they're actually going to attack that person. They're going to attack the person trying to help them. Because leadership reminds them of the pain of their wounds rather than the safety of and comfort of someone that can bring security. Okay. That's why we need to talk about authentic honor. So, and he who rebukes a wicked man gets insults for himself. That's why wise people sometimes won't tell you. They'll watch you. Because until you hurt yourself enough, you won't be ready to let them help you. I know this is heavy duty. Just work with me here, okay? Because this can help us all make it further. This can help us get past some of the juvenile stuff that's been holding us back in life and our walk with God, and it can help us make it and progress, okay? Do not correct a scoffer who foolishly ridicules and take no responsibility for his error. This is also the Amplified, by the way. Or he will hate you. Correct a wise man, open brackets, who learns from his error, and he will love you. Interesting. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will become even wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The the reverent, or the fear of the Lord, the reverent fear of the Lord, that is, worshipping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay? You can't truly honor someone unless you fear God. Because if you actually don't bring the fear, and what I mean that by the fear of God is the respect, the, the, the weighty respect of God's awesomeness. Not the, oh, I better be good or God's going to send me to hell. That's not the fear of the Lord. That's the devil's version of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is my father is powerful. He made every single star and solar system in the blink of one word. I love him. He's awesome. He gave up everything to save me. And he's put so much trust and awesomeness in me. He gave me his son. He's put his spirit in me. This is amazing. I don't want to hurt him. The, The fear of the Lord. Does this make sense? The devil wants you to believe that you should be scared of God. I don't think you should be scared of God. I don't want my children ever to think that they should be scared of me. They should respect me, 100%. They should honor me. Okay. But that comes from a place of them knowing and established that I love them and would do anything for them. Okay. Someone getting something? Okay, I'm just finding my spot here. It is the starting point in its essence and the knowledge of God or the Holy One is the understanding and spiritual insight. Watch this. For by me, wisdom from God, your days will be multiplied. The wisdom of God will cause your days to be multiplied. Recognize that statement? This is Proverbs now. We've gone backwards. And your days will be, sorry, your days will be multiplied, and the years of your life will be increased. Now watch this. This is, this is, the, this is the bullet point statement for the this, for this Scripture. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself or for your own benefit. But if you scoff, mock, or devalue what's being said, thoughtlessly ridicule and disdain, you alone will pay the penalty. If you're wise, you're wise for yourself, but if you scoff, you bear the consequences alone. So, so to have honor benefits you. Someone getting this? When you walk in authentic honor, you're not doing it so that you can be seen to be a good person. You're doing it because it's good for you. See, I have this special vitamin C, this, what is it, lipospheric? It's like, it looks like snot. It's not a pill. It, it comes in a little sachet. It's this cool new technology, whatever. I don't know. Someone told me to get it. I think Pastor Jeff told me to get it. It's this, it looks slimy, and you put it into a little cup, and you drink it, and it's got this like cellular level absorption into your body. I do not do that so I can say, yeah, I take lipospherics, the vitamin C. <sighs> Respect. I do that for my benefit. It doesn't taste good. I do it for my benefit because it's good for my body. It's good for my health. It's good for my future. Does this make sense? So in the same way, if I walk in authentic honor, I'm doing it for my benefit, not yours. See, there's people that I even disagree with, but I have to show them honor because God put them there. Hello? But I'm doing that so that it would be well with me. The Bible even says, Paul said, he said, do not make it grievous for your leaders to to lead you because that would not be well for you. Not for them. They're they're going to be upset because you're making it difficult for them, but it's actually going to affect you. Hello. So when we walk in authentic honor, we're doing it for our benefit. But we believe we have the right to have a tantrum. You do have the right. Eve also had the right to bite the fruit. Understand that. God's not going to control you. Okay, I'm going I'm to move along here. I'm going to try and wrap this up soon. Okay, so 1 Timothy, verse five, chapter 5. 1 Timothy, chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 17. Let the elders who rule well, or the leadership of the church who rule well, I'm now reading out of the New King James Version. Let the elders or the leadership who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those that labor in the word and teaching or doctrine For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. And a laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. So what that's saying is, multiple things here. It says that those that rule or those that lead are in leadership are worthy of double honor. Now, this is where a lot of people disconnect. What's double honor? That seems really controlling. No, no. The problem is is that you haven't figured out how to honor yourself. Because you can't tell me what double honor looks like if you don't know how to honor yourself. Because double honor looks like whatever my idea of honor is, double that and give that to them. Those people are worthy of double honor because they're laying their lives down to lead you. The problem is, is that we're still wounded and we actually need to let Jesus heal us so we don't know how to honor ourselves and we walk around trying to get affirmation from everyone and we're fighting anyone in leadership because they still represent the same threat what hurt us earlier in life. Hello. Okay, I know this is heavy duty. Thank you for working with me here. It's saying your average Sunday, but it's an important Sunday because this can, this this one message can change your life. The second thing it says here: do not receive... at the very end it says that they're worthy, um, they're worthy of their wages. Don't muzzle it. Don't make it hard for them. This is actually talking about people in leadership receiving. Um, salaries and things like that back in the day that they weren't to work for free and all that kind of stuff. Um, Labor is worthy. But then it goes at the very end. It says, do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. What it's saying is, don't go around accusing them and, and being spiteful towards them. Don't go make it difficult for them unless there's something legitimate and you've got two or three people that can go and actually have a sit down like it talks about in Matthew chapter 18. Hello. So that's again honor. It's not just, oh, I don't like the way you did that. I don't, I just don't like you because you represent my father. Honor, that's actually something you work out with God in your bedroom. Hello? I just need to keep prompting you. I'm prompting you a lot more now because I'm just making sure you're, you're still with me here. Okay. Honor is a very overlooked attribute in our society that must, that most have undervalued. Because we've become narcissistic and self-serving, we believe that if it feels good for me, then it's going to work. I'm going to follow the path of least resistance, and if I feel bad about stuff, if I don't like the way it's affecting me, I'm going to speak out and I'm going to berate someone, I'm going to make them feel like less than human. Here, let me give you an example of how bad it is in this nation. In my nation, I moved here eight years ago when I came here and we turned on the TV, and there's there's an Audi ad, you know, like the car, Audi? I'm watching an Audi, and I'm like, that's a really cool car. I like that car. I like European cars. And I'm looking at this thing, and next minute, Audi is saying how much better their car is than Mercedes, naming them publicly, saying, we're better than this car because of all these reasons. Now, in my country, and a matter of fact, the rest of the world, if you do that, it's called defamation. Okay? And that company will sue you. Not in America. In America, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Hello? Now, I love America. I'm going to give my life for this nation. But I just want you to see, because you've grown up in this, you think this is normal. But we've been taught that you can say whatever you want about anybody. Now, you can out there. You can. I'm not stopping you. But in the kingdom, it's a different thing. You've got to be careful with what you speak about. You've got to be really careful how you speak against people. You're either speaking, look, Jesus said it like this. He said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He said, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. So if you want to have all kinds of chaos happening in your life, just keep speaking evil about people. Because guess what? Everything, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, so shall seed time and harvest. That's not just your giving to God. That's your talking. Hello? I know there's a heavy message. Oh, God. People aren't going to our Pollo Loco after church. <laughs> <laughs> They're going over to flame grilled feeling. <laughs> so I've already said that. So in Matthew chapter seven verse twelve, you don't need to turn there. Matthew chapter seven verse twelve, Jesus was speaking. He says, "Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets." So if you if you live dishonorably, dishonor is coming back to you. If you sow dishonor, dishonor is coming back. Kind of kind of pretty trippy, isn't it? Oh me, oh my, we all need to repent. Okay, awesome. Hopefully you come back next week. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, the gospel of John. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We're going to wrap this up soon. John chapter 14, verse 15. This is Jesus. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is speaking to the very people that he's died for, or that, that he died, that was about to die for, right? He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why would Jesus say that? Was Jesus trying to control people? Or was Jesus trying to give people their best life? Living my best life now. That's become one of the most narcissistic statements of this age. Living my best life now. Sipping my little green tea on my Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's just a fact. Jesus is saying, if you love me, keep my commandments, because my commandments were designed to bless you. I'm trying to honor you by telling you, as Jesus is speaking, I'm trying to honor you by telling you to keep my commandments, because if you do keep those commandments, your life will be honored. A lot of people want to get, like I've seen, I've seen enough ministry in my life, the, the ministers, where they get rung dry because people want to get what's out of them, but they don't care about who they are. And I'm not, this is not a promo, this, this goes for your boss, this goes for the way you treat political people, this goes, for, we need to rewire guys, we need to get back to the basics of the kingdom. Yeah. We got to stop using people for what we can get out of them. This is a networking nation. I don't care. It's a, you go to the corporate world and people will climb all over you. They don't care about you. They will, they will rat you out. They will lie about you. They will, they will make up stories to get you out the way so they can get your job. They don't care. Okay? People will be an understudy to you because at some point they're going to pull out the knife and take you. They want you out so they can get your role. Do you understand? Honor doesn't do that. Honor isn't insecure that there's not enough to go around. Honor understands that I'm not here just for what I can get out of you. Honor understands I care about who you are and what you need. Honor understands that you're a human being too. And that you have gone before me or you've done things, whatever that looks like. You get what I'm saying? Honor cares about the person, not just what they can get out of the person. Judas was just worried about what he could get out of Jesus. He got 30 pieces. He only got 30 pieces. Okay. So Jesus is trying to push us towards. So here's the deal, guys. I know this may have, for some of us in this room, opened up a massive can of worms. I know for some of us, we might be feeling massive levels of pain, massive levels of broken identity, massive reminders of what's happened in the past that oh, why did he say that? That's really painful. Like, I just feel like all my past has come crashing back and I'm reliving the pain of my childhood. I don't trust anyone and now I don't trust anyone even more. Okay, I understand. I understand there's a lot of pain in this room. But we need to talk about this stuff, not hide it. One of the biggest lies that you've ever been told is that time heals all wounds. It's one of the biggest lies that you've ever been told it doesn't heal all wounds. It makes it fester and go deeper. And so... At times, we need to have people like what I'm doing right now have awkward conversations so that we actually recognize the cycles of dysfunction that have caused us to have repeat instances of these things in our lives. Because the reality is, is that God does want to use people. It's not just you and Jesus. You've got to stop telling yourself that. Because if it was just you and Jesus, Jesus would have never said, don't ever, stop forsaking the fellow- don't, don't ever forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together. He said, you guys need each other. I'm going. You need each other. And if we are constantly looking to separate ourselves from people, figure out ways to dishonor our friends, figure out ways to dishonor ourselves. Some of us just have self-destructive cycles where we know we're dishonoring ourselves, but we do it anyways. You need to have value for yourself and let Jesus heal you. So real quick, here's here's a couple of things that I believe that we need to understand. The perfect answer to brokenness is Jesus. Jesus. See, the thing is, is we can, I can talk to you about how to honor someone so that favor comes on your life, so that you get open doors and access so that God will be able to raise you up. I can talk about all that stuff, but I can't get there until we actually learn to honor ourselves. Does this make sense? So we have to understand that Jesus is the perfect answer to brokenness. The perfect value to devalued hearts. See, sometimes we want to honor, and we say to ourselves, "I just want to be like that. I want to be able to walk, and you know, I want to be able to walk with people that have gone further than me and that are flying higher than me." But every time I get around them, I just feel like something wants to come out and scratch them. Okay, the thing is, is that we can't do that because something in us is holding us back, and we actually need to realize that that's not who you really are. That is not your personality. That is not your story. It happened to you, but it's not defined you. you just got to stop letting it define you. Okay? Jesus is the perfect answer to your brokenness. And you need to be able to invite him in and stop defending something that has nothing to do with you. It happened to you. It's not who you are. It's not a stamp on your life. It's a a blip on the radar that's altered the way that you see the world. And Jesus needs to heal that out of you. You've got to let him. Okay? Jesus is the perfect value to devalued hearts. I've talked about this before. The ransom for your captivity creates honor from God towards you. The fact that God would send Jesus to save you is proof that God honors you. That's proof that God values you and that he, pla- he places a price on you. So there is honor that God has over your life. You've just actually got to agree with him. You can never give double honor until you walk in honor and give yourself honor and love. Already covered that. But you can never do that. So here's the deal, guys. God wants to help you do that. And you can do it. It's not that hard. Don't make your story, I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. I don't know how I'm ever going to get past this issue of my life. I don't think I'm ever going to get free. No, no, don't tell yourself that. That's a cop out. That's an easy uh, you, that's, a, that's a mode of you trying to disarm something so that you don't have to look it in the eye. Just look it in the eye. It's not that hard. Because God wants to heal you and make you much better than you ever have been. Does this make sense? Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the perfect redemption. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. When you see the Father, you see value. Does this make sense? And we start to shift away. The reason that we dishonor people is not really because we want to be evil. There's not one person on this planet that wants to be evil. There isn't. Well, some people have gone pretty evil. But there's not one person that that, that woke up or was born as a little child that said, I'm going to be evil. The reason that people are dishonorable is because they're hurt and they're trying to figure out who they are. And they're angry and we're upset and we're expressing pain. That's like a little kid fighting to get onto the top. Have you ever seen anyone drowning? See, I had a friend, he was the captain of the um, life-saving the the beach uh, life-saving group in New Zealand on the biggest beach, the most famous beach in New Zealand. It's a world-famous surf beach. And I asked him a question. I was, I was young. I was like 17. I said, "So what's?" He, I, he told me some of the stuff he'd seen about people drowning and crazy stuff like that. He said, my number one rule is that when I swim up to someone that's drowning, he said, my number one rule is that I can't save them if they're going to drown me. He said, because anyone that's drowning will push you under for another breath of air. They'll, they'll drown you to, to, to breathe. Is it, where, where's Michael? This is true, right? They'll push you down with, he's a a surf lifesaver. They'll push you down, right, to get another breath. And so the thing is, is that actually, unfortunately, dishonor looks like that. Dishonor looks like it's easier for me to push someone down so that I feel relevant because actually I'm drowning in my own brokenness. Does this make sense? And so Jesus is wanting to disarm us so that we can get healed because someone that's healed actually looks like someone that's able to honor, not just respect because they have to Respect is very important. I must respect the people of authority in my life. But it's so much better if I can honor them. Does this make sense? Let's stand to our feet. I'm in a close.